are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. The Green Bay Packers finally did it. They finally took a wide receiver. It took two picks to move up to 34 to get Christian Watson, but they got Christian Watson, a guy that Brian Utican said they would take in the first round if they felt like that was the value for them there. Clearly, they felt like the guys that they ended up taking, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker, were better values at those positions and, and could help their team, had higher grades, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to get to that part of this a little bit later. Let's start with Christian Watson and then later Sean Ryan, a pick, you guys, a pick that I love. And it's my fault that we didn't spend more time talking about Sean Ryan. If you remember early on, I mentioned a couple different times that I think he is a perfect Packers type, that I absolutely loved the player, and I think this is a home run hit for the Green Bay Packers. Let's start with Christian Watson. This was a guy that I think a lot of people, myself included, thought was an ideal fit in Green Bay. And before we even get to his evaluation... I want to talk about the speed because he's 4'3 and it shows. And, and there are people that are going to say, well, he's Marquez Valdez-Scantling 2.0. Okay, think about how that fits into this offense. You've got Al Nazard, the big physical blocker who can work the middle of the field. You've got two slot receivers. Let's just go Randall Cobb in the slot. He can work the middle of the field on third downs. You've got the gadget receiver, Amari Rogers, who I think they're going to get more creative with by necessity this season. If you've got two running backs who are dudes, plus blocking tight end, receiving tight end, developmental tight end. You've got all your bases covered. What you needed, and Matt LaFleur said this, what you needed was speed. So even if Christian Watson never develops the full complement in his game, He's got the speed. I think he's already far more developed than Marquez Valdez-Scantling was coming out of school. That's why one was a high second-round pick and one was a day three pick. But what you saw with Christian Watson, his ability to do things with the ball in his hand, that frame, there's more size that he can add, more strength that he can add. He's got more wiggle in his game than MVS did. He's got much better run-after-catch skills than MVS did. And I said this before the draft. So this is not Monday morning quarterbacking on this. I said there was only a handful of receivers who could be true X guys in the NFL. George Pickens, Drake London, Jamison Williams, maybe, Traylon Burks, and Christian Watson. And I understand the projection there with Christian Watson. He's got a lot of things that he's got to work on, in particular the route running piece of this. But if you're going to come into an offense and make it work right away, you have a guy in Christian Watson who just get the ball to him. They handed they they six four receivers. I can't stress this enough. Do not play in the backfield. 
They do not play in the backfield. And yet at North Dakota State, he got handoffs. He got those push passes. It's jet sweeps. It is just find ways to get him the ball. Now, there is going to be the criticism. That is, well, but he didn't produce at a high level, so he can't be a premium type player. But that is silly. He had a 90th percentile dominator ranking, which means dominator is a mix of yards, like it's market share, and touchdowns. Who was producing yards and touchdowns in this offense? And Brian Gutekunst was asked about this after the pick was made. Why didn't he produce more? And why wasn't he the guy? Well, by the way, he was the guy. He was the guy. When this offense produced in the passing game, he was the guy who produced. And he also had a 53rd percentile breakout age, above average. These are metrics that you know I care about. So even though he's an older prospect, he's already 23. And when you have a developmental kind of player, that's not ideal. You'd rather him be 21, right? But freak, freak, upper tier athletic traits. 9.98 relative athletic score. One of the most athletic receivers we've seen come through the draft with size and speed, which we know Brian Gutekunst and those guys covet that you rarely see rare, rare athletic traits. So let's talk about what we saw from him on tape. So I'm going to go through all my notes just because this is a, a receiver and and that is something that I, I think um, you're, you're really interested in. So this is a long, lanky receiver, an absolute blazer, and the speed shows up on tape. I thought he tracked the ball well down the field, and he is a natural hands catcher even if he does have some drops. He can make some catches outside his frame, though that's the place where I'd like to see him get a little bit better, get a little bit stronger in his upper body, in his hands to make those plays. They gave him handoffs like he's Debo. Looked pretty good, too, because he's so fluid and so explosive. He can put his foot in the ground and go. And then he's got the vision. We're talking about an All-American kick returner as well, which I think he can do right away for them. He's a willing blocker, not refined as a route runner. And they had, they had him run this little chair route at one point. And he looked like he was moving in slow motion. He was thinking. Now, it looked better at the Senior Bowl. So you hope that it's something that he's been working on, been repping. Just because he wasn't asked to do it doesn't mean he can't do it. And that is an important thing for us to remember. I think he has good body control near the sidelines. And in the FCS, he's just running away from guys. Just he is playing at a different speed than everyone else. I put in all caps, dynamic player. He scored on an end around versus South Dakota with speed, vision, and burst. You don't see him snap off routes, but in this offense, you don't you don't really need to do that. He's got to add some frame or some weight to his frame. And he, he had this great play where he almost caught his running back all the way across the field trying to go make a block. So don't tell me he doesn't block. He showed improved route running in Mobile. He needs to get a little bit stronger to keep defensive backs off his body. Here's ultimately what I wrote about him. Watson is a ball of clay. He has incredible physical gifts, but needs considerable polish. Can you just get him the ball in a Shanahan tree offense? Hello. On bubbles and end arounds and deep overs? Yes. Can he win consistently versus man coverage in the NFL right now? No. But can he get there? Yes. It's a risk, but he has the tools. He'll have to get stronger, which will be the easy part for him. And he walks into the league with one elite skill at least, and that is speed. His medium outcome is NVS, and the higher end, he can be tall T.Y. Hilton. Robbie Anderson might be the most likely outcome as a high-end number two. That's a really good player. 
but it's going to take some time and some coaching to maximize his upside. I had a high second round grade on him. If he's, if he's Robbie Anderson, think about what Robbie Anderson was early in his career. Robbie Anderson was the Jets speed guy, speed guy. And that was all he was downfield, downfield. And what did he do? He had some silly drops. He had some bonehead plays and you're just going, what is the deal with this guy? And he was kind of a goofball. So you were just sort of like, man, I don't know what's going on with this guy. And then he gets to Carolina and they, and this is a couple years in the league. He has some time to develop. He gets to Carolina and all of a sudden they're asking him to do so much more. And he proved he was up to the task. I think that's what you're going to see with Christian Watson. He's a guy who can come in right away, right away and give you the jet stuff, the, the receiver screen stuff, overs, go balls, transition goes. This guy's going to be able to win right away because that speed is real. And I do think there is a chance for him to develop into that X number one kind of receiver. I think that potential is there. Now we're talking about top, you know, one percentile kind of outcomes, but you can't, if you're going to move up and give up what they gave up, which is a lot to go do that, you have to see that kind of potential. And that is, I think, something that that he has. If you're going to take a swing, it has to be on this kind of athletic ability. Plus, he's a great kid, a really hard worker, and I think someone who is always going to do what you ask him to do organizationally. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to love this kid, and he was apparently the first person when Christian Watson was drafted to reach out. Aaron Rodgers was. And so it's time to get to work for Christian Watson and Aaron Rodgers. We're going to get to Sean Ryan and some more of what we saw on day two after this. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including the basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info from live betting to playoff esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, where Locked On experts cover the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Let's talk about my guy. My guy, Sean Ryan. And I did not know what to expect going in. I I did not watch a lot of UCLA football. But he comes from a conference that the Packers love to grab guys from. And this was a player who, the more I watched him, the more I went, man, this is a Packers type all the way. 6'4", 321. He's a big boy now. But he's got short arms. 32-inch arms. That's fine for a guard. That's probably too short for a tackle. Now, Brian Gutekind said he can play tackle. I think his best position is at guard, but as you'll as you'll find out, I think playing him at tackle to start just to see is worth it. He's an explosive athlete. He's got an elite three cone, which means he can change direction. He has a, a relative athletic score over eight. He plays with a wide base. He's got a thick lower half. He's quick. He's got active feet. He mirrors really well in pass protection, attacks early. That's something that you see consistently. He attacks early with his hands, and he plays with good balance. His contact balance is like a running back. He can can make contact and keep his feet. 
Now, he's not a, a road grader with power, but he's a solid run blocker with, with lateral quickness, which is what you need in this outside zone scheme. He went up against Kayvon Thibodeau, who was a top 10 pick and had good success. Gave up a late pressure on a speed rush, and then Ryan absolutely buried him on another pass rush rep. You, you watch them go at it, and you go, why can't this guy play tackle in the NFL? Why can't he? And even though he, he does play with good balance, he got overextended on a rush where he lost his balance, but he keeps his feet moving on contact. And when, when he's late to throw his hands, that's when he can get off balance. That's the length issue because he doesn't have the reach like a boxer. You have to be able to punch. You have to be able to get to your guy. And if you have to lunge to get to him, now you're opening yourself up and you're off balance. Uh, he can at times be a waist bender. Not what you want. Keep get low in that in that uh, that knee bend, but he he consistently keeps his hands inside. This is not the the same for someone like Tyler Smith, for example, who the Cowboys use a premium pick on, who I liked better as a prospect overall, but not by that much, and certainly not by two rounds, where he's his hands are always outside. That's not something that is just easy to fix. So I think his length shows up against the good athletes which is what you saw against Oregon when he went up against Thibodeau and some of those other guys. I, I like Ryan. He's rock solid. He's big. He's physical, strong in his lower half. He's just short-armed. So I try him to tackle first, but I think he can be an excellent guard. That's what I have in my notes here. His closest athletic comp, guys like Brandon Scherf. If a team drafted him as a guard, I'd get it completely, even if his value might be best maximized um, at, at guard. To me, his best spot is guard but I'd get keeping him at tackle. He shows good hand placement, fires his hands early to latch on, and once he's engaged, he wins consistently with strength and leverage, plus good drive on contact. He's nimble, moving laterally, and can get to pass-offs on twists and stunts, something that Royce Newman struggled with as a rookie last year. And when he loses, it's speed rushes, where he can't rush the passer past the arc, in part because he doesn't have length. It's less of an issue at guard, and because he plays with good explosiveness and anchor in his lower half, I has I have no concerns about his ability to play guard at the next level. I had a high second round grade on Sean Ryan. They I had a, a top forty five, top fifty kind of player. They get him at ninety two in the third round. This is terrific value, and I think he can come in right away. And Brian Gutekunst said, you know, Elton Jenkins is going to play wherever they need him to play. I think he's your right tackle. And you have a situation where um, you are giving yourself a chance to put your best five out there. So when you have John Runyon Jr. and Royce Newman, and now you have Sean Ryan and Yash Nijman, figure out where they go. Figure out where they go around your centerpieces. Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, Josh Myers. I think you place your centerpieces first. What are their best positions? Where do they provide the most value to your team? And then you figure out where these other guys slot in. I think I, I want to see Sean Ryan at tackle. Let's just see what he's got. I think that that is where you you would start. And then let's cross-train him. Because I think guard is ultimately a spot. I think he can be a terrific guard. An absolutely terrific guard. I'm telling you this right now. He is going to be the one to break the third round streak. I know that Brian Gutekunst has had a disaster of a time trying to get these guys in the third round where you have, you know, Jay Sternberger, that didn't work out. Oren Burks, that didn't work out. This is this is going to break the streak. This Because this guy is not a third-round talent. Not a third-round talent. And he is such, they did not go outside of, the, and <laughs> Amari Rodgers. I, I think he, there's, there's more to give in this offense for Amari Rodgers. 
wasn't wasn't pretty. So this guy's going to break the streak because he's a second round player all day, all day. So the Packers on day two, they get a guy had a top 40 grade on borderline first round Christian Watson and then a high second round grade on Sean Ryan. That's really good work. That's really good work from Brian Gutekinds. And so you went defense on day one. You got the penetrator that you wanted to get. You got the linebacker that you wanted to get. Two guys that are outstanding athletes. This, it, The athleticism in this class boggles the mind. I mean, you've got a, a nine-plus RAS athlete in Quay Walker, a guy who would have an, an eight-plus, put him at safety, put him at receiver. He's got an eight-plus RAS. That's, that's the kind of crazy athleticism that he tested with. Devontae Wyatt is a, a, a freak athleticism-wise even if he is 24. I misspoke and said he's going to be 25. He's not. 24. Sean Ryan is an older prospect too. So is Christian Watson. The Packers, they went outside a little bit of their parameters. Now on day two, they are they are liable to, to take some olds. These guys are, Christian Watson's not old, old. But older than, than normal, potentially. But then Christian Watson, 9.98 relative athletic score. Sean Ryan, over eight. I mean, this is a team that, you can you can really see Brian Gutekind's fingerprints all over because they prize athletes above all else. And so if we just divorce what we saw on day one, because I, you know, wasn't my favorite thing. I think now that if you're a Packers fan, a lot of people are going, okay, well, they got the receiver, a potential first round receiver. And so you're like, okay, well, now they got that guy. And it makes it easier to justify what happened on day one if you were down on it. And remember, I said this yesterday. I said, we need to take this in the aggregate. We need to see, okay, now what do they do on day two and day three to help this offense? How are they able to fill those holes? What kind of value are they able to get? And because they were able to get a, a two top 50 talents on day two, I don't know that it justifies all of the process from day one for me, but I think it helps you go, okay, they had a plan and and they executed and they got the guys. You have to get the guys. And so that's what Christian Watson is all about. That's what Sean Ryan is all about. They filled key positions, positions we thought they were going to address, and they got guys with upside, guys that can help them right away. Christian Watson's going to play Today, Sean Ryan is going to give himself a chance to play today. Quay Walker is, is going to have a chance to compete to be that linebacker next to Devondre Campbell today. And Devontae Wyatt, he, he I mean, Dean Lowry, you know, uh, Jerron Reed, I don't know that he's going to compete to, to be the starter today, but certainly a rotational guy today. And then next year is when I think we could draw on Reed is on a one-year deal. Dean Lowry probably not going to be on the team next year. You're probably going to see them take another defensive tackle next year just to keep rolling through the bodies to keep this all straight here. All right. We're going to finish up with, with some thoughts on how these, these two rounds are connected. But before we do, let's talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Summer's coming and summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Because you're going to be running to the golf course, you're going to be running to the pool, you're going to be running to the beach. The built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacation. Throw them in your bag, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so that you are fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part of the built Bar is it blends two things that are vital, healthy and delicious. If it's healthy but not delicious, you might not want to eat it. 
But if it's delicious and not healthy, you might feel bad about eating it. That's where Built Bar comes in. They make a product that is delicious. Delicious. Covered in 100% chocolate with flavors like salted caramel, cookies and cream, the Built Puffs with flavors like churro and banana cream pie. And yet, high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com, promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL Drafts. Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker bring you everything you need to get your debrief on the NFL Draft from a national perspective. It's free and available on all platforms. I I always think it's funny uh, when I hear from people, I, I, I took a lot of heat over the last 24 hours about my thoughts on the first round. And it's funny when you have people going, oh, all you do is complain and you're always, all you do is critical. And then I say something nice and it's like, all you do is defend the front office and all you do is you're such a homer. And it's just, it's like, can you make up your mind? Can you figure out what, what, what agenda am I pushing? What narrative am I pushing? And it's usually when, when you disagree is when you think that I'm pushing the wrong narrative and that's, it's fine. It's fine. So if you're the kind of person who's going to get annoyed that I'm critical, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm always here to tell you guys the truth. And always, I'm always here to, to try and explain to the best of my ability what I am seeing. Because I, that's theoretically what you're here for. So when we saw the second round play out the way that it did, and at the end of the 53, this is, this is great. Alec Pierce is there at 53. Packers could have stayed put and drafted Alec Pierce. I didn't think Alec Pierce was worth the 53rd pick. I had him in the 70s. I had him more like high third round rather than middle second round. Well, the Packers had to give up two picks to go up and get Christian Watson. Well, when they took Quay Walker, they could have taken Christian Watson, a player that they were trying to trade up into 32 to get. So theoretically, they had a first round grade on him. They ended up getting three guys with a first round grade which is good. It's good. You had to give up a day two pick, but that was an extra day two pick. So fine. I understand it. I think you can justify it. If you if you can get three guys with first round grades, great. And I said this on Twitter. I had a linebacker with a grade worth, worth drafting there. I had a defensive tackle with a grade worth drafting there. And so if you think those were the guys, you can justify it. My issue was more with positional value. You're not getting guys with great positional value because you're talking about a linebacker who's going to compete to be your second linebacker. You've got a defensive tackle who's competing to be your second defensive tackle. Christian Watson is going to compete to be the number one receiver. Sean Ryan is going to compete to be the number one guard. Or at least the starter at right guard who's going to have to play 100% of offensive snaps if he's healthy. I always talk about this idea of maximizing impact and, and value relative to your team. Who makes you maximally better? If Christian Watson and Quay Walker are the same caliber of player, same, like one, let's say, use Madden grades. If they're both 80s, good players, if they're both 80s, Christian Watson is going to be so much more valuable to the Packers than Quay Walker. If Devontae Wyatt and Sean Ryan are both 80s, Sean Ryan is going to be so much more valuable 
than Devontae Wyatt. And that is where I had an issue with the way the first round was handled. Moreover, when Quay Walker went at 22, the Packers could have taken Christian Watson, who, if they had a first-round grade on him, would have been a worthy selection. Brian Gutekunst essentially said as much. Now, I think they probably had a borderline grade on him because he said if the value was right, so they probably had a borderline grade on him. They might have had a top 10 or top 15 kind of grade on Walker, which is why they took him where they did. They really like Quay Walker. But then go back and look at 53 and 59. There were linebackers worth taking there. Trey Anderson went. Chad Muma went. Christian Harris went. You could have drafted Christian Watson and then not spent the extra second round pick and still gotten a really good linebacker. Is the gap between what you're getting from Quay Walker going to make it worth the second round pick you had to give up to get Christian Watson? Because what you could have done also is get Christian Watson, had that pick later, taken Jalen Tolbert, who did not make it to 92, but almost did, and gotten your, still gotten your linebacker. That would have been, to me, a better way to handle it. Now, I understand that Packer fans are, are, are going to say, well, just get on board with the picks. Okay, but I think it's important that we identify process here and, and good process versus bad process. To me, if you get if you get three good football players, four good football players, that's good. It's good to get good. If if everyone is good, you you got good football players. But when we're trying to evaluate process, that's all we have right now because no one knows if these guys are going to be good. The Packers don't know if these guys are going to be good. They think. But what is the opportunity cost? Who are you not drafting when you draft, and who are you not drafting when you give up picks to go up? You're you're getting. Is the difference between Quay Walker and Troy Anderson or Trey Walker or Quay Walker and, and Chad Muma or Christian Harris? Is it the difference of a second round pick in value? I don't, I don't know. Now, the difference between Alec Pierce and Christian Watson to me was more than a round. So if that's the if that's the idea, you could have taken Alec Pierce at 53, you didn't, you moved up to get Christian Watson. That was to me, there, there were a second round of value between them. And so if that's how you want to justify it, I get it. I get it. Because Christian Watson is that much better than the guys that were going off the board in that spot. But I also thought Jalen Tolbert, those guys could have been there. So it's it's not about what ifs. It's not about second guessing. It's just about evaluating what we're seeing in terms of the process here. Now, again, if Quay Walker's really good and he's wearing number seven, so I'm all in now because he's wearing number seven, just like immediate upgrade. Uh, and and I think Devontae Wyatt, is, it, it makes me feel better but the Packers did so much work on uh, the, the family violence charge that that was not a physical violence um, on someone's body. Devontae Wyatt apparently kicked down a door in an argument um, and, and you hope that's where it ends. You put that stuff behind him. If you look at the, the quotes from scouts, Bob McGinn, there were a couple scouts who had him above Jordan Davis who went in the top 15 and the Packers got Devontae Wyatt at 28. Devontae Wyatt last year was the only interior defensive lineman in college football who had a, an 80-plus pass rush grade and an 80-plus run defense grade. If the, the maturity stuff is behind him and he can, he can uh, manifest the tools 
then there, there is a player in here who can be really impactful for the Packers. And the same is true of Quay Walker, whose athletic gifts are uh, superlative. You hope that you can get Joe Barry to maximize those. This is where you have to trust your coaches. You have to trust your coaches and your culture to bring these guys forward and to make them critical contributors on this team. As we look forward to day three, I still would love to see Romeo Dobbs. That's my guy. Fourth round, fifth round, I don't care. Take him. After that, don't really care. Get special teams guys who can contribute and get some athletic guys who are flyers who are special teams contributors. That's it. That's all you need to do, and I'm happy. Cool? Cool. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 927-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.